1: Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. Pro Football Focus uses our exclusive data on every play of every game to bring you the best fantasy stats and projections. Join PFF Edge for full access to our expert rankings, draft tools, matchup charts, and, of course, our award-winning content. Are you a high-stakes player? Join PFF Elite, which includes our premium stats database, green line game picks, and DFS Optimizer powered by our fantasy projections. Join PFF Fantasy and prepare to win. Sign up now at profootballfocus.com. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, it is officially football season. We have kickoff. On Thursday for the first NFL football game and the 49ers play the Vikings up in Minnesota for the first game of the 49ers season. I'm so excited. So a couple things. We have our scout, Clayton, is going to show up with us later in this episode to break things down. He has watched so much film and done so much great work. Really appreciative of him, so stay tuned for that. Also, news and updates. And then also, we will go through the official depth chart that the 49ers released. That is up. And kind of tell you what to look out for and what this means going forward. And also, we do have our FanDuel competition, fanduel.com slash four nine rush fanduel.com slash 49 rush that is just the numbers four nine then rush and it's a two dollar competition first hundred people are in it's going to be a lot of fun and if you deposit over five dollars if you haven't set up an account you get twenty dollars for free so head over there fanduel.com slash four nine rush that is all there for you now a couple news and notes to jump into first off let's go with some good news Kittle, our amazing sophomore tight end, is a full go. He finally got his first full practice in since his separated shoulder injury, if you remember. Go back to that first preseason game when we had everybody get injured, it seems like. He made that amazing diving kind of... He didn't make the catch. It was overthrown by Jimmy G, but he made this diving attempt at a catch and separated his shoulder, but he looked awesome in practice today. You can go on Twitter and see some of the film. He will be full go there. Now, a running back situation is a little bit of a turmoil after everything that has gone on. Matt Breida, Kyle Shanahan came out and said he is the person that is going to be starting. He has first crack at it. However, it is going to be a hot hand approach at running back. So don't be surprised even though Breida gets the first chance if Alfred Morris kind of overtakes him and gets those carries. But the one thing that I can promise is third down will be interesting. I do not expect to see Breida and or Alfred Morris out there on any third and three or longer. They are going to be using Mostert and or I think Kyle Juszczyk, man. If I had to bet right now which running back on our roster is going to lead the team in receptions, I think it's Kyle Juszczyk. I I really do think that he is going to get a lot, a lot of carries. So stay tuned for that because the running back kind of rotation is going to be fluid and whoever can come out and produce early and protect the ball They are going to be getting some playing time. A lot of people have reached out to me. An insane amount of people have asked me about Le'Veon Bell. I get it. Um, It makes sense. He fits our scheme and all those things. But what people don't understand is he has already showed he cares more about the money than the team. John Lynch is a no-go on that. I have a very hard time seeing John Lynch trading away anything to bring him in. I, I do get it would be a perfect scheme fit and perhaps the best (laughs) running back in the entire NFL that fits what we do with Kyle Shanahan however not only if you trade the draft pick compensation for him you're going to have to sign him so it's a twofold thing you know I said if I was GM and I stepped in John Lynch's shoes I'd have no problem offering a third for him which is very similar to the compensation pick that they would get for a comp pick the Steelers but that's if they don't bring in free agents Steelers usually don't aren't very active in free agency so if they're going to get a third round pick or a fourth round pick for him next year just by letting him walk so why not wait out and see if you're the Steelers but let's just play this game hypothetically 49ers give up a third round pick for him you're going to have to bring him in and sign him to at least a two-year deal he is 26 years old he wants longer than a two-year deal but if you sign him at a 2 year 30 million dollar contract and front loaded that which we do have the space give him like 18 million dollars first year 12 million dollars second year with a player option or a team option i think that's a possibility i just don't think it's going to happen but i i wanted to include it because so many people kept asking about it it's a possibility i just don't see i i think john lynch would say no before the steelers would say no i really do and i think john lynch would say no before Le'Veon Bell would say yes or or no. So that that's kind of where we're at. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to roll with what we have. It, it really seems like what our front office is all about. So let's jump into some injuries. We had a couple people limited. Again, going back to that very first preseason game, we are still dealing with its repercussions. Malcolm Smith, who should be starting at will, was limited today with his hamstring injury. However, it does seem like he is going to get the start at Will Backer. Again, remember, Reuben Fra- Foster is out with suspension for two games, so we are going to start our rookie Fred Warner, a third-round pick out of BYU, at Mike Linebacker. And Malcolm Smith, with his great speed, is going to be at Will. Gary Gilliam, our swing tackle, he's not a starter. He was limited as well. He still has not completed concussion protocol and this is huge because our depth on our offensive line especially the tackle position is just trash Uh, we traded a seventh round pick for sean coleman from the browns which again i mean you can just look at the compensation we were willing to pay that lets you know the quality of player sean coleman is a bottom-end tackle to say the least he has had zero snaps with our offense and he is acting as the swing guy as of now however if Gary Gilliam can clear the con- concussion protocol, this is a month in. He got hurt in the very first preseason game. So, this is very very scary. There's a chance Gary Gilliam can't play this entire year if this doesn't if these effects don't clear up. And if that's the case, that's going to be Sean Coleman that's going to be our backup. He's one snap away from playing. That is scary, scary, scary. So, health on those tackles with McGlinchey and Joe Staley, is beyond important. Also, Jimmy Ward is limited just because that's just who he is. With a quad injury, who knows with that guy? He's probably backing up four or at least five positions in our secondary, so it'd be nice to have him out there, but if he's out there, we're in trouble. Let's just be really honest with you. In the last injury, Eric Magnuson, he did not practice today, Wednesday. This is huge. Hamstring issue. He is the backup guard And he he kind of bolsters the interior. So let's just say hypothetically, if our starting center, Western Richburg, does go down, what will happen is we're going to move Pearson over from right guard to center, and then we'll put Garnett in our starting lineup. So we still have a backup center on the roster, but it would be much easier if we can get Magnuson back. However, if he does not practice on Thursday, usually the general rule of thumb is if you play on Sunday – and you can't practice on thursday then you don't play if you're limited on thursday you have a chance but if you do not practice at all it's almost uh, probably a 95 percent chance that person is a no-go so something to keep an eye on as practice reports continue to go out again i I report on all this on my twitter feed which you can find at jl underscore chapman that's at jl underscore c-h-a-p-m-a-n i i i funnel all my stuff through there also i would like to give a shout out to our sponsors game day sports and memorabilia.com again if you want to go to their website just google game day sports and memorabilia or you can type it out game day sports memorabilia they take the and out.com and they have so much stuff whether it's your birthday christmas your son's birthday even your wife's birthday they got great stuff on there as well you can get signed apparel helmets jerseys posters cards they have so much so if you head over to their website they currently have over 11 pages of just 49er stuff so again game day sport in memorabilia.com, 11 pages of 49 autograph material, authenticity guaranteed. You don't have to worry about anything, it is all legit stuff. So, head over there, tell them 49ers Rush podcast sent you again last time. Game Day Sports Memorabilia.com. Now, I want to walk you through the depth chart and kind of what is going on with the 49ers. They just released their official depth chart, not a lot of surprises. So, at wide receiver, the starters we have are Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin. Trent Taylor is listed as the backup. However, he will be out there on all three wide receiver sets in that slot position. And Dante Pettis, pay attention to this on that very first offensive series because I, I'm i willing to bet, I wish Vegas had odds on this, Dante Pettis will get one of the first three snaps outside. They're going to see send Pierre Garçon and Goodwin outside. But Pettis is going to rotate in very, very early. Offensive line, Staley and McGlinchey are our tackles. and Tomlinson is our stud guard. Weston Richburg, our huge free agent, signing at center. Mike Pearson get the start. Not much of a surprise there. But look for Joshua Garnett to rotate in every other series or they alternate two series on, two series off. Garnett's going to get some playing time here. We are going to see him in the first quarter at guard. And kind of whoever... Uh, can uh, assert their dominance or not make mistakes or stand out they're going to get the job so look for them to switch unless Pearson comes out and just dominates which if you know anything about Pearson that's not really his mo he, he's a versatility type guy that just gets his job done he doesn't really excel at anything Tight in Garrett Selleck is listed as the first-team starter, which was that way uh, week one in the preseason. Even though George Kittle is kind of the main guy, coming off an injury, look for Selleck and Kittle to split snaps there. Running back, we've talked about as getting the start. Use check at fullback, and we only have two quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and C.J. Bethard. Now, defensive side, let's look over. This is our base defense at left defensive end, Solomon Thomas. Nose tackle Earl Mitchell, right defensive tackle, perhaps our best player. DeForest Buckner, and then Eric Armstead. Now, one thing that is interesting for all you Julian Taylor fans out there, he is not listed as a backup. He's listed as a third string behind Ronald Blair and Cassius March. So I don't think you're going to see him a lot, perhaps, on special teams and goal line, but that's about it for Julian Taylor. He is a guy that they are going to groom into a long term stud. So he won't get a lot of playing time outside of injury. Now linebackers, Mark Nizocha, what's up, big dog? Starting Sam, he has come on late. Very excited to see what he's going to do. Even though he's limited on a snap count, he will only be in on big-time formations. Basically, if we have more than one tight end or more than one running back, Nizocha will be in there. But that's about it. Goal line situation, short yardage situations. Our Mike linebacker, Fred Warner. Man, I will be watching him every single play of the game. I'm pretty pumped about this kid. One of the most exciting rookies on our roster, him and Dante Pettis. Excited to see what he will do. Will will be Malcolm Smith, but again, he is questionable. So if Malcolm Smith cannot go at Will, look for Elijah Lee or Brock Coyle. Probably Brock Coyle to step in there. Even though he is way less athletic, he can do everything because he knows all three linebacker positions. Um, but I like Lee way more. His ceiling is off the charts compared to Coyle. So, secondary, what we have expected Richard Sherman, holy cow, can't wait to see him team up against and go against uh, Stephen Diggs and Adam Thielen. He's going to have, I'm so excited. A kilo Witherspoon, obviously. Kwan Williams at slot corner or nickel corner. Adrian Colbert at free. And Jaquiski Tart at strong safety. So, that's kind of what we got. Special teams is pretty standard. Matt Breida is listed at kickoff return. And if anything, this tells you, man, I don't think we're too worried about him becoming that high-powered running back if you are going to risk him out there as kickoff return. TJ Reed is the backup there. And punt return, we will see Trent Taylor in safe situations. Basically, there's possibility for a fair catch. Trent Taylor will be in, in there. But if there's a possibility for a return, look for Dante Pettis. He is one of the greatest punt returners in college football history. If not the greatest, he does hold the record with most touchdowns returned. Now, real quick, just random note in sports history. Today is the day Jerry Rice broke the all-time record for touchdowns Uh, He passed Jim Brown with 127 career touchdowns in 1994. Of course, Jerry Rice finished with an additional 81 on top of that just because he's the GOAT. Finished with 208 total touchdowns. So what I want to do right now is just take a chance to just introduce. We're going to jump over. We recorded an interview with our stat man and scout, Clayton. So here we go. Without further ado, let's jump over to that. Alright, 49ers fans, we have our first official guest slash writer on our episode, and that is Clayton Kudu. I have been saying his name wrong the entire time, and if you listen to this podcast, you know, man, that's kind of my thing. Um, I screw up people's names. I'm I'm from the south of Texas, and I don't speak proper English, and so, man, whenever I get to introduce somebody that's from north of the border, way up north, the lord of the north here, Clayton it makes it even worse. So all apologies for mispronouncing your name. How you doing, Clayton? I'm good, John. How are you? Thanks man. for having me on. Yeah, uh, glad to have you. And if you don't know, Clayton has been doing all of the hardcore stat work for us this offseason. So whenever you hear those crazy tidbits on snap counts and all that, that is this madman who just puts together so much work and we are Very, very happy to have him. So what we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing this once a week where we're going to have Clayton on, and he is going to scout our opponent and break down weaknesses, strengths, tendencies, kind of scheme, all these different types of things. So this is going to be a new thing where that's what he does. He, He watches film, and he breaks down all this stuff for us so that we don't have to, and we know what we're looking for on Sunday. So this week in our week one, we have the Kirk Cousins Bowl. We are playing against Minnesota. We're traveling up there, and they were absolutely stellar last year. Obviously, they go 13-3. They lose in the NFC Championship. So, Clayton, how did the Minnesota Vikings fare last year defensively?
0: Defensively, they're ranked pretty much number one in all categories. You got their first in points allowed, their first in yards allowed, and first in touchdown. <laughs> Passes allowed. with only 13 on the year.
1: Awesome. So we're playing against the best defense in the NFL, is what you're telling me. Week one. Pre- pretty close. Why not? Pretty close. All right. Well, this is great. It's not like we have our best defensive player out on suspension or anything. Ruben Foster, he is out, but that's okay. So, all right. So they have been absolutely stellar last year. What kind of scheme do they run, and what are their tendencies on the defensive side? Most of the time, they're running a 4 3. They at least run that
0: at least 40% of the time. And they also have a tendency of running a nickel in their three wide receiver sets. And they run that more than half the time. But the one thing that sticks out in my mind is the, Mike Zimmer likes to run a double A package, which is where he moves his linebackers to the A gap between the center and the guard. And he likes to move his full safety to the line of scrimmage and move their nickel corner to the, to the line of scrimmage
1: on the strong side. And so, like, that's the thing. Uh, This type of defense is kind of infuriating for getting your lineman count on who picks up what because it looks like all eight men are in the box, and they're all within, like, two yards of the line of scrimmage. And so they basically line up in every single gap, and it's like a who's who. Man, who's coming and who's dropping back into coverage? And so this, this is what they do. So they keep their corners on the outside. They got their free safety over the top and they call this the triple A or the double A package because both linebackers in the A, just like you said and this is kind of one of the things that Zimmer has been very well known for he's one of the greatest defensive minds in the entire league so in your opinion Clayton where are some areas that the 49ers could possibly exploit on this defense because they seem pretty stacked and solid throughout but there's got to be some place that we could attack
0: well, if the 49ers keep the turnovers down, if they just do their job and Jimmy G stays in the pocket, makes his passes and they do all they need to do, the Vikings defense does not force a lot of turnovers. So when last- you say
1: they don't force a lot of turnovers, like where did like do you have the numbers on like where they landed?
0: Yeah, last year in total all they had on the season was 19.
1: Huh. Man, that so a little over a turnover a game. That's not great, especially for somebody that's a number 1 defense and and I think this is one of the things that separates them from Jacksonville. Jacksonville is big on sacks and turnovers whereas the Vikings are really big on just three and outs and just getting people off of the field. Who would you say, Clayton, is kind of their best player or the individual players we have to watch out for on defense? I think they have a bunch, but is there anybody that stood out to you? They definitely
0: do have quite a few. They got Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, and Anthony Barr are three of the ones that stick out the most.
1: Man, Xavier Rhodes, if you want to watch a true press corner with amazing hands, I really do think Xavier Rhodes might be one of the best. You know, Richard Sherman kind of started this trend, but Xavier Rhodes, in my opinion, has the best offhand jam in the entire NFL, which is going to be a lot of fun seeing how that's going to go because he's going to be on Marquise Goodwin. So, And then Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon, who are both very, very physical, so I'm kind of excited about this. So it, we definitely have our stuff cut out for us on the offensive side going against that team. So let's jump over to the other side, Clayton. Now, their offense, man, they, they go out and they sign the hot commodity of 2017 and bring in Kirk Cousins to an already exceptional offense. So what was their kind of total offense output? Where did they rank? Things like that.
0: Well, their offensive rankings throughout the year was they finished 10th in total points. And in rushing, they were 7th, and they finished 11th in passing.
1: Man, it you just give a few simple statistics that just tells you this is a very successful team. You rank in the top 10 in total defense and total offense. You're going to have a winning record in the NFL. It's very very simple and it's scary because they they ranked so high in the rushing last year and now they're getting back Dalvin Cook. So, ah, yeah, this is going to be a fun one and especially with our linebacker out. That's not going to help <laughs> at all. I think Dalvin.
0: Uh, I think the with Dalvin Cook coming back, I think they got a I don't know, a little nervous about him coming back from what I've seen. We haven't seen him at all in preseason, so I'm not quite sure if he's ready to take that full full workload again.
1: Really? Yeah, and and that's a thing. Maybe that will be good. They I know that they kept their undrafted free agent Rock Thomas, the running back that just destroyed the preseason. But they also have some other injuries as well. Pat line, their center, is going to be out. He avoided the pup list. But they're, man, tell us, walk us through their offensive line because this seems to be the biggest weakness on this team. Yeah, their offensive line is
0: struggling, and they have even last year. Last year they were ranked 22nd in the league. And coming into the year this year, Pro Football Focus only has him ranked at twenty eighth. Yeah, so
1: that's good. Um, and finally, something that is is rough. And so, if we get pressure on Cousins, how how does Kirk Cousins usually perform under pressure? Does it change? Is he always just kind of the same accurate passer that we know him to be, or is mm-hmm. is he better or worse versus pressure?
0: Oh, he's def- definitely uh first when he's under pressure. Last year, he only completed 50% of his passes when he was under pressure. So I think if you get, get a little pressure on him, don't allow him to make those passes, I think he'll, you guys will be okay.
1: Man, so it sounds like kind of the key to victory is going to be don't turn the ball over and get pressure on Kirk Cousins. Th- those are kind of the big things that we have to do and man that's awesome a lot of good stuff to look forward to clayton where can the 49ers rush fans find you well john on twitter they can find me at could clayton now how the hell do you
0: spell that (laughs) that, that's at
1: c-a-d-i-e-u-x clayton do you have every vowel in your name pretty close am i missing oh the O. well clayton we got one in there right I think you have every vowel in your name, which is awesome. But don't feel bad, John, because
0: you know what? There's people that I've heard my name said way different than
1: what you said. You're pretty close. I'll take it, man. Well, Clayton, we really do appreciate your time this week, and he will be back with us next week versus the Detroit Lions, and he will continue to be breaking that down for us. So, Clayton, thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. All right, John. Thanks for having me on. Man, some great stuff there from Clayton. Love that guy. Excited to have him on once a week and break down these teams. Really excited to see what he will continue to bring to the 49ers Rush podcast. So, a couple things just in summary. Game time this Sunday. It's an early kickoff at 10 a.m. Pacific time in Minnesota. We are on the road televised at fox and i'm excited about this this is a big deal to me the announcers that we get we get kevin buckhart and charles davis probably one of my favorite commentators in the entire nfl right now is charles davis with fox that guy is just absolutely lights out and pam oliver as well everybody likes her she's just wonderful referee's gonna be clay martin not one of my favorites but Man, it's hard to have a favorite at referee. There's a lot of turnover this year. Kind of the mainstay guys, the big popular ones, have all kind of moved on. And we get Clay Martin. It is what it is. I don't want to be too negative before we start. Our overall record versus the Vikings for the entire history of the NFL, we are actually down, which you can't say that very much about the 49ers. We are down 21-19 to 19 in one tie. So we are down two games. So hopefully we will even this up. And just to kind of put this in a snapshot from Vegas terms for my betting friends, this is the toughest game on our schedule. You could argue at the Chargers or at the Rams is up there. However, we are six-point underdogs according to Vegas. That is the fifth largest this week in the entire NFL. We're not going to be underdogs a lot, especially by more than a field goal. But you got to understand, um, the Minnesota Vikings, they are a top three favorite to win the Super Bowl. This is a hell of a team on the road with a great defense so if Jimmy G can somehow pull this victory out goodness watch out the hype is going to be for real but tailor your expectations this week as again this is the toughest game on our entire schedule we're getting out of the way early which is wonderful so without any more just want to say thanks stay strong faithful and the next time we talk we will have a game in our belts let's go get that victory let's go faithful